for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. Now in the book of Judges, especially in chapter 2, we see that there is a pattern that this book narrates. Uh, we could learn from the book of Judges that God raises a judge and he saves and uh, the judge rules in peace. And after the judge uh, passed away, uh, the people of Israelites go back to their wicked ways. And God tests them and put them into trials by uh, sending enemies to oppress them. Um, they suffer. And then they cry out to the Lord for deliverance and salvation. And God sends them another judge. And this pattern repeats. And what we see in today's passage is a condensed pattern that this, uh, shows all of that in today's passage. Uh, God raises a judge to save, and there's another judge who rules to expand power. And after the judge passed away, we see the Israelites quick to return to their wickedness and uh, serving all foreign gods. And in that, uh, God sends in punishment uh, the oppressors uh, to punish them. So in that narrative, as we see in today's passage, we're going to try to see what the lessons may be so that we could uh, put that into our heart and meditate what we are supposed to do in our lives. So let's take a look together in today's passage. Judges chapter 10 verses 1 through 9. After the time of Abimelech, a man of Issachar named Tola, son of Pua, the son of Dodo, rose to save Israel. He lived in Shamir, in the hill country of Ephraim. He led Israel 23 years, then he died, and was buried in Shamir. He was followed by Jair of Gilead, who led Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons, who rode 30 donkeys. They controlled 30 towns in Gilead, which to this day are called Havoth Jair. When Jair died, he was buried in Kaman. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They served the Baals and the Ashtoreths, and the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And because the Israelites forsook the Lord and no longer served him, he became angry with them. He sold them into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites, who that year shattered and crushed them. For 18 years, they oppressed all the Israelites on the east side of the Jordan in Gilead, the land of the Amorites. The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to fight against Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. Israel was in great distress. So as we see in today's passage, we see the patterns we saw in uh, the book of Judges. So what happens? First, God raises a judge to save Israel. We see that in verse 1. After the time of Abimelech, a man of Issachar named Tola, son of Pua, the son of Dodo, rose to save Israel. Now this verb save is uh, used 
uh, to describe this judge. Now, it's an interesting word because this word save is not used many times to describe judges. Uh, because you can see from the historical narrative and the context, we're talking about the days after Abimelech, who put Shechem and the area into ruin. I mean, he was battling against his own people, and also he was doing many wicked things. He was burning down uh, fortresses and cities and towers. A lot of people died, and it was disastrous. Now, what does God do when people would disperse without a leader? He raises a judge to save them put back things back to normal, put back things to order because it was chaotic and disastrous. So that's why the word save is used to describe this judge. He leads people back to the Lord because where did this happen? He lived in Shamir, which is near Shechem. It's the area of Ephraim. So this is the location that God raises his judge in order to bring back order. That is why salvation is bringing someone back from chaos back to order because God starts to rule in that area. Now, what happens next after 23 years, after uh, Tola passes away? Uh, what happens is that God raises a judge in the area called Gilead. It's the east side of Jordan, which meets uh, the Ammonites area. It's, it's more of a foreign territory where there's many temptations and chances to uh, worship foreign gods. After the act of salvation, what God allows to happen is found in verse 4. He had 30 sons who rode 30 donkeys. Uh, they controlled 30 towns in Gilead, which, today's, uh, which to this day are called Havath Jair. Now, what, happening, what happens here is an expansion of power. God allows uh, Jair to expand in his power by uh, increasing his number of sons. Now, in order to do that, he would have had a, uh, a harem, a multitude of family, because, I mean, one woman could have had not bore uh, 30 sons. I mean, it would have been impossible during the days of 22 years of his rule. So, in a polygamy, he was able to expand his power to numbers of his son who was working together with him with one reason, to expand power and to rule the area. Uh, they rode in 30 donkeys, which in back in the days, in Syro-Palestinian uh, days, this means uh, the monarchs rode in donkeys. It's, it's a symbolism of power being expanded. Uh, so the Israelites would have experienced peace. After being saved, that would have, uh, they would have experienced peace, a peaceful uh, reign for 22 years. But after Jair passed away, what happens? It's found in verse 6. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They are quick to return back to the wicked ways. Now, how astonishing is that? After 23 and 22 years of godly rule, they go back to normal, their wicked ways. Uh, the normal we thought in a biblical term is becomes abnormal. Their normal way is a wicked way we see in verse 6. And their worshiping of foreign god is described in perfection. Because in verse 6, we see seven gods mentioned, not including God himself. We see Baal, uh, uh, Astoreth, uh, god of Aram, gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of Ammonites, the gods of the Philistines. Now, this is all around Palestine area. When we, when we think Palestine is like uh, the, the center of the universe, then they're worshiping all the gods uh, that they know in the area. Because the number seven represents perfection in Bible. Their wickedness 
in serving other foreign gods and idolatry was perfect, such opposite to what God required from them and asked from them and expected from them. And what does God do in response? Uh, he sells them uh, to left and right because Philistines, Philistines were in the left side of Jordan, Ammonites were on the right side of Jordan, which in west and east, they're sold all around. Uh, God just, uh, just let them go because that was a punishment. They forsake God. What does God do? They forsake them and let them be driven by depression. For how many years? 18 years. Now, this is a pattern that we may see in our lives as well. There may be times where we are so joyful for the salvation we have received through Christ Jesus. There may be times when we are living in peaceful times without any trials or tests. But when temptation comes, when after we start to forget about God, those are the times that this narrative tells us that there's a lesson. We are supposed to keep our integrity. We're supposed to be faithful to the Lord. We're supposed to hold on to Christ Jesus and the Lord who call we, we call our Savior and our Lord and our Master. Because if we forget that, God will forsake us in a way to not just put into a death and just forget about us, but to teach us a lesson, to make us uh, suffer in order to come back to the Lord. Because otherwise, then we would not be saved. In verse 9 says, the Ammonites also crossed the Jordan, which was a boundary marker for protection, to fight against Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. The area of suffering will, uh, will increase. And the more you neglect God, the more we will end up suffering. So as we saw in today's passage, there may be patterns like this in our life as well. There are times that we rejoice of our salvation. There are times that our spirituality grows as we learn about God and read scripture and have fellowship with our fellow brothers and sisters at church. But there are times also we fall to our temptations to other things, the foreign gods, the idolatry. And in that temptation, we may uh, be victim of those things that we do not want to hold on to. And what would happen? God may punish us in a sense, not to uh, just lead us astray or forget about us, but rather to lead us back to him so that in that suffering and pain, we come to acknowledge that we have made a mistake by depending on other than God and forgetting about him and rather coming back on track in order to come back to the Lord. And I hope that the seasons of faith that we live and the journey that we go through uh, is seen in this type of pattern and not forget the lesson that we saw, which is to keep your integrity before the Lord and keep your faithfulness and to trust the Lord because He's the one that could only deliver us. Let that be a lesson to all of us. Let us pray. Father Lord, I ask all this in your Son's name, for we need your help. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.